So I, I have this challenge. I need, I'm supposed to brag on somebody, but I don't want to brag on somebody with, and, and make the other side feel bad. Have you ever been in this situation? Tony, I mean, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you want to, you wanna, I, like, I want to brag. I really do. I, I genuinely want to brag on, um, uh, well, Mark Bird gets a lot of credit. Mark um, is a great general manager of our softball uh, program, our, our giant um, softball ministry, if that's, if that's a thing. And, um, and the other night he couldn't be there, and so he, uh, a great, a sign of great leadership is when you can't be there that you replace yourself with arguably even better, because um, what Jason Marlowe and Chad Bailey were able to accomplish in Mark's absence, Mark has not yet been able to accomplish in 16 tries, <laughs> which is a win. Um, uh, this is all, I mean, I'm in church with a tie on. This is the gospel truth I'm giving you, all right? And, um, but, uh, but really, um, I'm, I'm so excited for Team 2. I, uh, I was the only guy on Team 2 that didn't play uh, the other night. I was there. I had the uniform on. I had the cleats on. And at one point, Chad was like, this is so good. We're, like, we're up, like consecutive innings. You know, like that had never happened before. Um, actually, that had never happened before. I don't think we'd ever won back to, I mean, excuse me, been up leading consecutive innings. And Chad comes by and he's like, man, I want to get you in. And I looked at him. I looked at him and I was like, I think the words I said were, are you crazy, man? Why would we jinx this? <laughs> I'm not going in. <laughs> and I didn't, and we won by a run. And I say all of that, it was a big deal. I mean, like, like, it's it a big deal, it's a big deal. Like, it's a big deal. I say all of that, and then I say, if you would, if you'd join me in prayer. Lord, team one is, uh, okay, I'm not really praying. Um, <clears throat> team one's good. But if they were to lose to Team 2 tomorrow night, I think the whole world would stop. And that's what happens. 8.30 tomorrow night, um, it's like the battle of the century. I know you all have heard that before in the announcements, but it's a, it's a big deal. None of that was the sermon, by the way. Uh, but anyway, thankful for, uh, for a church where we can have fun, because that's really all that was. That's just, it's just fun. And... Um, and right now, Team 2 is better than Team 1. That's, uh, that's what that, I mean, that's, I'm just going. I'm just saying. All right, I'm going to stop. What does it, what does it take? I don't know how to convey this yet. I, what does it, what does it take? What's required? How, 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 how much to like really get it? How, how far do you have to go? How, how much do you need to see? What, what, what has to be in place? I mean, you know, like I've been, I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about, about that voice in our heads. You know, I'm not talking about I'm talking about every one of us, every single one of us, that voice in our heads that, that, that says, um, you know, either you can do it or don't do it or good idea or really bad idea. Do it anyway. I mean, you know, what, whatever that voice, you know, what, is it, what does it take? I mean, what, what, gets us, what gets us over the edge? What gets us to take that first step to do a thing or, 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 or talks us out of it? What, what does it take? 
And that's a question for us, right? That's a question for us. But then, but then now this is a big deal, listen to me. But, but as the church, as the church in here, Christians in the church in here, what, what, what about what about them? What about those out there? What, what, about, what about our neighbors? What does it take? And what's going on in their head? I, 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 think, I, think, this is, I think this is a part of where, where we are listening to Jesus at this point deep now into his journey from, from where he started in the northern region, heading towards Jerusalem, but, but not just geographically, this journey where he says, I know what is coming, I know what has to be done, and he, it says in the scriptures, he set his face towards Jerusalem. And, and, and I don't want to ruin anything for you, but if you've been following along and you don't know what's coming in about two weeks, it's a big deal. I mean, like, if, if you haven't read ahead, what's coming in two weeks is going to shock everyone. Jesus knows what's coming but not everybody does, and, and, and so it becomes really clear. I, I invite you to, to follow along in the scriptures. So turn with me to, uh, to the first of, of what is actually a two-part story. I am just started reading it as a two-part story, and this is really helping me. Uh, the, the first is a, a two-part story, and we begin with the first part. It's Luke chapter 17, as we are listening to Jesus. Luke chapter 17, and we pick up in verse 11. It says, on the way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with skin diseases approached him. Do we, we, you know that, that the, the word skin diseases would be the English translation of a medical condition that they would have called leprosy. Right, right. Ten lepers Ten lepers approached him, but it says that they kept their distance. Keep, keeping their distance from him, they raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, show us mercy. Can you see them? They're, they're, they're in the, they're, you can hear them, you can hear them, and you can see them, but you can't see them close because they've kept their distance because society, and then even just like, just like medical hygiene says that, that there's a possibility we could get what they have, and so they're over there, and Jesus and the crowds are over here, but they're yelling, and, and, and it says, Jesus saw them, and when he saw, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. As they left, they were cleansed. This is the word of God for we the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. So this is, this is, a, this is a classic Luke healing story. Classic Luke healing story. If you want to, if you, you have my permission to write in the Bibles. In fact, we'll give you a Bible. If you don't want to write in the Bible you brought, we'll give you a Bible. We give them away. Um, you write in your Bible and write classic healing story. And, and if you want to write, number one, uh, there's a cry out for help. There's a cry out for help. Help us, help us. And then, and then, there's, and then number two, there's Jesus responding. And it says Jesus saw them, and, 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 he, and he formulates a response. And then, and then finally, there's a healing that happens. And yet, and yet the healing that happens here is peculiar. And I don't have a perfect catalog. I probably should have this. I don't have a perfect catalog of all the ways that Jesus has healed people, but there were a bunch. 
right? There were, there were a bunch. There's, there's, the, uh, there's, there's, there's the time that, that Jesus is like, go and, and wash in the water, and boom, that happens. There's, there's the thing with like, you know, speaking of hygiene, like, like spit in the dirt, and it forms mud, and he puts it on the eyes, and like, like that, was a, that was a different type of healing. I mean, there's, there's, there's the time that, uh, that, it, that it happens like from a distance, you know? don't worry about it, your child will be well and, and halfway home, you know, there's, there's like different types of healing moments. This is yet another unique type of, of healing. I mean, if, if you, can, you, can you throw it back up there? Verse, verse 14, verse, verse 17, verse 14 says, it says, as they left, they were cleansed. We, I mean, if you break it down, what it, what it says is Jesus, they're over there in the distance, right? And Jesus is over here, and, and, that, and that they sort of do, they sort of do this like, like first step. Like they turned a different direction as they, as they, as they exited the stage, healed. I mean, read it. As they left, they were cleansed. I love the way J.D. Walt in, 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 the, in the devotional book, I love the way that he describes this healing because, because he said this is the healing where, where their response is all about faith. It's all about faith. And, and, then, he, and then he has this, this gorgeous, you got that quote up there? This gorgeous, this, this, this gorgeous line. Faith is not mere belief. Now, I love preachers, right? I mean, I got a self-interest in loving preachers, right? I love preachers. I'm, 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 I'm for preachers. If you're for preachers, raise, no, don't raise your hand. I don't want to see that, okay? But, but hear me. There are, there, we all know the preachers, and I've, I've been the preacher that says, oh, what we need is more faith. What we need is more faith, and, and, the, and the congregation's crying out quietly. But what is that? But what is that? What, what is it? What is, what is that? Well, you need more of it. J.D. Walt says, here it is. Faith isn't just up here. It's not mere belief. It's not enough. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The highway to the bad place, the highway to the bad place is filled with people who know stuff. Faith is not mere belief, but, but faith is Human activity born of confidence in God's possibilities. In Hebrews, in that beautiful way of saying it. I mean, I can't see it, but I know it. And because I know it, even when I cannot see it, I act as if it's true. He says, faith is action. And that we must Act as if it's true. And, 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 and here's a story. And there's, there's 10 of them right over there. And the 10 of them, they turn, and that first step, they're healed. And it's a miracle. Everybody say amen. I mean, it's powerful. What, what did it take? I, I don't know the answer to this question. What did it take for those 10? To, to literally turn their feet and take that first step. Because on another level, I'm just thinking through it. 
Je- they know that Jesus could heal them. And now he's just telling them, go and do this one thing. And what voice in their, f- is, in their head is saying, oh, no, that can't be enough. I mean, that can't be enough. What, what voice in their head is saying, that, 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 surely that can't be it. And yet, and yet they overcome it. And they take the first step. And it says in that first step, they're healed. But then, but then there's a second part to the story. And I know that it's the second part I've, cause, cause, because it doesn't make sense to all be one continuous story. The very next verse, the very next verse. Says this. One of them. Again, I would propose that, 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 that we would read it like later on, okay? I'll get to that in a second. One of them, when he saw that he had been healed, returned and praised God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And then like Luke is prone to do, because he did it earlier in Luke 10, when he tells the story of the three guys that pass by the guy that's been beat up and left for dead by robbers on the side of the road, and the last one, the hero of the story that really cares for his neighbor, uh, is a Samaritan. It says this guy here was a Samaritan. So you could call this the, the story not of the good Samaritan, but of the grateful Samaritan, because he returns grateful. Jesus replied, weren't ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? See, the reason, the reason that I believe it's two different stories, and Fred Craddock has, has, has showed me this, that if they, were two, if, they were, if they were all one story that happened like just moments apart, it wouldn't make sense for Jesus to say, where are the other nine, when he told all ten of them to go and do X, Y, and Z, right? You know, like go with faith and then, and then show yourself to the priest, which would, which would have been a part of the ritual purification to be uh, welcomed back into society. So it makes total sense that what Jesus is doing, but it, what doesn't make total sense is, is if one of them comes back like five minutes later and Jesus is like, hey, you're the good guy and the other nine guys are the bad guys, because d- that wouldn't make sense. Jesus told the other nine guys to go like, like 30 miles away. Why is he mad at them for not being back? Everybody say that doesn't make sense, right? But, but they're, two different, they're, they're two separated stories separated by time. And, and, and sometime later, one of them comes back. One of them comes back. And I'm, I'm going to finish the story, but, but hear me. One of them comes back, and the one that comes back is an outsider. He's got two strikes against him, and you know both of them. The, f- the first is, he's a leper. It could have been, it could have been just any number of, of skin diseases and, 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 and society has said you, what you have could be contagious and so we want you to stay away. We, and we don't know exactly know what he had but, but, but something that could be visibly seen has him separated and because of that he's got a strike against him and then, and then there's the second strike. He's a Samaritan. 700 years earlier, a, 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 a portion of the Hebrew people, a, a portion of the Israelites, a portion of the 12 tribes of, of, of Israel, a, a portion of them began to believe and tell a different version of their history. A version that said that when Moses spoke to Joshua about a certain mountain, he wasn't speaking about the mountain of, of God in Jerusalem. He was speaking about a Mount Gerasim. And those people believed that that mount was the holy mountain. 
and they began to believe. Otherwise, it was really the same kind of story. They believed in the, the one true God, and they believed in the commandments, and they believed in, believed in faithfulness, and they believed in holiness, but, but they, 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 believed, they believed a slightly different story, and that is the start of this divide, this hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Jews hated the Samaritans, and 700 years earlier, it all started, and so you now have this one who, who is doubly cursed by being a leper and a Samaritan, and Luke has the audacity to tell us he's the one that gets it. Not the insiders, but the outsiders. What's he doing? And then Jesus goes and says this. No one returned to praise God, verse, verse 18, except this foreigner. Then Jesus said to him, get up and go. Your faith has healed you. fascinating this 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 the greek word for uh, for has healed you can be translated any number of ways but but it's 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 the word i'm, I'm gonna pronounce it uh uh sodezo sodezo in the greek and it literally means saved you so this outsider has been bodily cleansed but but now jesus speaks this word and says at your soul level You've also been made whole. You want to talk about multiple voices in your head. This guy has the voice saying, you're not good enough because of your DNA. You're not good enough because of your, because of your heritage. You're not good enough because of who your family is. And not only that, you're not good enough because, because of some disease that you've got. You're not good enough because of how you look. You're not good enough because of what society says about you. This double, this double whammy. And then Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm going to fix all of it. And all he did was take a step. He acted as if what Jesus said was true. What, what, what's Luke doing making the outsider the hero again? I mean, Luke's pushing us to, to, to get our minds around this idea that, that maybe the insiders don't have it all figured out. And maybe the ones who don't have it all figured out over here are a little closer to having it figured out. So, so I've, been, I've been reading... I kept reading. I've been looking at life through the question of what, what is it like to act as if? I actually texted some people I know. This is the other day, and, I, and I'd been listening to the, to the text. I'd been listening to J.D. Walt on the little podcast thing, and, and I listened to it like three times, and I, and I keep coming back to, 
act as if, act as if. And I, and I start thinking about people that I know who have been acting as if a thing that was not true could be true and how God has used their faith to believe that to literally change their lives. And I, and I just text them and I'm like, hey, I don't know if you've been listening to this, but, but, but this is a big deal. And I want to tell you, well done for your faith. And they were like, who dis? I don't have your number. That's <coughs> not quite, not quite. <laughs> Thank you, David, though. <coughs> I appreciated that laugh. What's, what's it like to act? Is what, what do we have to overcome? inside of us to believe it. The, the, the next story Jesus tells, he's back with the Pharisees again and he's telling them that, that, that they don't believe it because, because they, they can't imagine it. It has to be so rigid for them and it's not rigid and God can't be boxed in. And, and he says, and so they're not gonna see the signs when they happen, the Pharisees. And you're going, what is, how can that be? They're, they're the ultimate insiders. And you're telling me that they don't get it? And then the next story after that, he pulls some children in his midst. And, and they're the ultimate outsiders. They have, in, in, in Jesus' time, I mean, there's some folks that we know that have elevated children to be the be-all, end-all. In Jesus' time, that is not the way it was. That is not the way it was. They were nothing they didn't even count as like property. They were nothing. And Jesus says, unless you are nothing like them, unless you are nothing like them, or everything like them, which is nothing, then you're not going to get what you're trying for, what you're striving for, heaven and eternal life. And then he tells, and you guys know this story. I don't even have to read it to you. He tells this great story of a certain rich young ruler. Like a lot of the gospels tell this story about the guy that comes up and says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus says, well, you should try doing this, this, and this. You know, it's basically he's rattling off the commandments. And the guy's like, cool thing is I've done those things. And Jesus says, okay, well, then do the one other thing. Sell all your possessions because you're rich and, uh, and give them to the poor. And what does it say? It says his very next step, his very next step, he leaves sad. Because because in that moment, we don't know how it turns out, but in that moment, he could not act as if it were true that that would work. He, he couldn't act as if it were true. And then in the next, and I'm, not, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you the whole story, but the, the next story after that, Jesus tells the disciples, hey, the Son of Man, and, and, and coming up pretty quickly, is going to be captured, lied about, spit upon, tortured, executed but on the third day he'll rise and the disciples are like nope <laughs> nope not happening that way you got that wrong we're still with you but that's not right and you get and, and it's and it's clear that there's this list of people who should be insiders because of their wealth or their status or their knowledge or their education or who their parents were and and jesus is like there's this group 
And yet, and yet they don't act as if what God has promised is true. They're acting as if what they've done will make it true. And then there's this other group. And I want to be in this group. I'm just convicted that as the church, we've got to help people overcome whatever it is that's holding them back. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a mom down the street from where you live that needs to hear that she is not alone. There's a, there's a single dad that you know who's raising the kids and it's hard and he needs to hear that character still matters. And then there's, and there's that person that you love like family and they're busy all the time and they can't fit it all in and they want to and they need, they need to hear that, that it's okay to say no and not do it all and that maybe God would show up then. And who are they going to hear that from? If it's not us, we know people who need us to help them get to where God. wants them to be. And I think He wants us to be the people that are getting others to where He wants them to be. Oh, that we would act as if all of it's already true. Oh, I can't do that, preacher. What if they laughed at me? What if they rejected me? What if they, what if they thought I was weird? Let's pray. Gracious God, give us the courage to do what you're calling us to do. Lord, it's only by your grace that we believe. It's only by your grace and the confidence you have placed in us that we act on what we believe. Help us help others. Help us help others to hear your voice, to overcome their doubts, to dispel the lies that the world would tell us they are not true. You are for us. We're thankful people. 
and we praise your name. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen.